Okay. Oh, hi guys. What's up? Hey. I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And this is the 13th Floor Podcast. We talk about crazy things. Yeah, we're we're rolling right along. I think we just posted, for those that don't know, we record uh, about four or five episodes Ahead. ahead. So hopefully soon our podcast should be up on Spotify. Yes. Um, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. I uh, I went from Gandalf to Carl Pilkington yesterday. Yes, you did. I yeah. saw. <laughs> yeah, I stopped shaving the first day of autumn, and then I usually start back in spring. And I feel weird every time I walk by a mirror. I'm like, who's that? It looks like you lost like five pounds of hair off your face. Yeah, it feels like it too. That's the that's the good thing. It feels good, but I'm not used to looking like an orange with teeth. So yeah. <laughs> you need to you need to send us uh, pictures so we can put it on the Thirteenth Floor Podcast Instagram page. Uh, good idea. Yeah, everyone can see what James looks like before and after. I can't think. Not much has been going on with me other than Ooh. our. Our bank account getting hacked. Oh, oh yeah. that's big news. Yeah, good. Yeah. News. Oh man, yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, we. Uh, how could I forget? It took all our money. Yeah. Yeah, we got hacked, and then I call PayPal to get it fixed. Only it's not PayPal that I'm calling. Turns no. out the first thing that popped up on Google, at least the ad, was fake, and I caught. I realized it when the person <laughs> tried to convince me to go. Buy five hundred dollars and get in Google Play gift cards so that I could get my thousand dollars back. I was Jesus like, "How's that going to work?" There, that way we can max out the thing and we could send it back into your account. You'll get all fifteen hundred dollars back. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's been very dramatic. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. Well, then, uh, so I hung up with them, and then we we got everything resolved, but. Later that day, the person calls back because I was supposed to call them back once I got the card. No, oh, he goes, oh, Alex, I see that your uh, your thing is still pending. Uh, I didn't know if you were able to go get that card, and I was like, I thought we resolved that already. And she was like, no, uh, no, I'm showing it's still pending. And, you know, so I was uh. like, oh, 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 right, the card. I completely forgot. I was like, let me scratch it off real quick. I said, that's odd. Do they usually all come in letters? She said, uh, just, give, just give me the number. I said, okay, okay. I said, G, this isn't George. O, this isn't Oscar. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, she goes, Alex, well, real quick, you didn't give this card to anybody else, correct? I said, no, this is just for, for you. For you. <laughs> That's terrific. F, isn't Frank. U, is an uncle. C, is in Charlie, K, and then click. That was an adventure. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. But fortunately, we seem to have gotten it resolved as of right now. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. So, Alex, do you have one of your little icebreaker questions for us? I do. Okay. Awesome. I'm ready. All right. What is the TV show that you watched way too late? So, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, so here, I'll give you mine. Oh man, <laughs> I was probably, I was probably like eight or nine. Do you mean watched way too early? Just, just no. Why don't you I know where I know where you're going, April? but go okay. for it. <laughs> I was like eight or nine, 
And I remember if Blue's Clues came on, I left it on. Even though I was, I remember sitting there thinking, I'm way too old for this. Like, this is stupid. But then I would sit there and watch it. It's very similar to, like, back when Honey Boo Boo was on and I sat through a 12-hour marathon. Wow. Why did I subject myself to such misery? Well, I it's because I had that. a friend with me. I remember but that. Still, I went to work at 1 a.m. in the morning and you and Nate were watching Honey Boo Boo. And when I came back at 9 a.m., you were still watching Honey Boo Boo. Yeah, wow. It was, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Uh but, I mean, you know, that kind of show. The show that you were way too old to be watching. Okay, I've got mine. Okay. Um, and I will just preface this with the fact that I used to watch this when I get scared at night at my house because it was pretty sure it was haunted. But I would turn on the Disney Channel and I would watch, uh, <laughs> I would watch uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse <laughs> at night when I was really afraid. And I did that. Pro- I was probably like twenty one. <laughs> twenty one. Yeah. Uh, that's about, mine. What about you, James? Um, well, I love all cartoons, so that's a hard one to, to just immediately go to. But right, but I guess I'm thinking like one that you were you were sitting there watching. Like I shouldn't. I, I really right. probably shouldn't. Uh, that would probably be. Uh, I know what it is now. Actually, I got into the show. Lazy Town with my nephew. He loved oh. the show. So I don't, well, after he got out of watching it, like if it was on, I'd just be like, I'm going to still watch this. Because <laughs> so over the top. Have y'all ever seen that show? No, oh, what's I've Lazy Town? It. What I've is seen Lazy it. Town? It's insane Icelandic Muppets and singing about fitness. And then like, oh my God, Alex, that means you missed out on the best meme of the year, which was that we are number one song. That was the the villain from uh, Lazy Town. I have no idea what. Oh, <laughs> it was so great, and and then he he got like uh, it was either pancreatic or hepatic cancer, and he got over it. Like he actually got over stage four pancreatic cancer, and people were like, "I guess he is number one." And then he ended up dying from it like a year later, though. So it really, <laughs> oh wow, yeah. James, that was like a roller coaster. Of I know. It, it was like, oh, this is dark. Oh no, like, it's not dark. It's got a happy end. Oh, um, oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, but, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so what? What's yours then, Alex? Oh, my mine was the Blues Clues one. I was Blues. Clues I watched it way too. Like, like I, like I wasn't like engaged, but I sat there and I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. Mrs. Salt and Mr. Pepper or whatever they were, they were star crossed. Quite, quite the duo. <laughs> they gave birth to Paprika. Oh yeah, yeah. Paprika. I watched it way too late too. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. it because I, I was long done when Magenta. Joe? No, Magenta came along. Oh, Magenta! Yeah. Gosh, Magenta yeah. was so lame. Yeah. Now I thought. Now is it true that Blue is actually a girl? Blue is yes. a girl. Is Blue's Magenta a girl. a girl as well? I'm. A, I think so. I'm hoping so. Yeah, I think so. I just thought it was interesting because, you know, you always think my, I guess it's old school, but my boy Blue. If you yeah, think it's, oh, very true. Blue was a girl. That's cool. Okay. You know why the original actor uh, quit Blue's Clues? There was all these rumors. I want to hear always, I want to hear what you heard because I, I read a story about it last year, actually. Uh, well, there was all these rumors that he had like a terminal illness or, you know, he, he was like convicted of horrible things and just all these rumors. But turns out it was just, he was going bald, and he was like, I don't want to be the bald guy on TV. <laughs> That's exactly right, pretty much. Oh, man. 
what a thing to quit over, but oh well. I, I watched an article or a video with him, and he said that he used to get lots of ladies by being on that show. Of course oh, he I did. can believe it, yeah. 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 I thought that was interesting. Oh, man. Um, so I guess this week we're here to talk about weird weather phenomenon. Yep. Yeah. Some would say some of them, I don't mean, I don't know about your alls. Well, okay. I guess I won't spoil mine, but some of them might be unexplainable. Ooh. Well, then I think that, Alex, you should kick us off. What are you talking about today? I'm talking about balls. Balls. Balls of lightning. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so this is something I've never heard of before. Like, have you all ever heard of ball lightning? Not until you said, hey, I'm going to talk about ball lightning just a second ago. Okay. I've only I've only heard it in one context. I can't remember, like, you can remember Raiden from Mortal Kombat? Yes. Well, in Japan, he's a real god. Like, Raiden's real. Uh, and I know that, like, they he had something to do with ball lightning. And that's really all I've ever heard about it, is they, they claim that he was responsible for it when they saw it, the Japanese, back in Interesting. the Interesting. Yeah. Huh. That's all I know. Well, my, my, my research did not lead me... Quite that far back, I don't think. <laughs> okay. So, I guess, I mean, I guess it did, but my, my occurrences occurred much later. Uh, so, cases of ball lightning go all the way back to ancient Greece. So, probably around the time they were claiming that Raiden, or Raiden, how do people usually pronounce, how is it actually pronounced? I think it actually is Raiden. I think you're Okay, right. I'm going to say Raiden, because I've called it that my yeah, entire life. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's right, Mortal Kombat. So, so Raiden... I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> so Raiden, that's about the time Raiden was probably kicking this thing around in the sky. Uh, but it wasn't until October 21st, 1638 in England, that we really got our first well-documented, significant report of ball lightning. So mm-hmm. this report is called The Great Thunderstorm of Windicombe in the Moor. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell this is an old story because it's very fanciful sounding. Uh, yes. Um, so in this storm, four people died. Hmm. And approximately 60 were injured. Whoa. This was during a severe thunderstorm where this eight-foot ball of fire strikes and then enters the church that all these people are in. Whoa. So it went down into an actual church. So it hit, and then it went inside. This ball of lightning kind of, I would say, slowly rolls. It, like, not rolls, because it's floating, but floats into the church. Dang, and, that is awesome. I'm like hearing it, Black Sabbath music. Like, bam, <laughs> bam. So, so, <laughs> so it, it, it almost destroys the church. Large stones from the church are, like, hurled away, and the large wooden beams are, like, cracked and so the ball of fire smashes through pews and windows and it fills the church with this sulfurous smell. Oh my gosh, this is so, a demon, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is That's crazy. exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what churches and sulfur don't go well together. No, you know? <laughs> it's brimstone. It's literally brimstone. Okay, yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, uh the ball of fire supposedly divided up into two segments. One smashed through a window and another one went outside, uh, went out a different way throughout the church. And the explanation at the time for this was obviously it had fire and sulfur smell, like we were just yeah. saying. 
And so they thought it was the devil and the flames of hell. But I'm pretty sure that's the scientific explanation. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but later, everyone decided to blame the incident on two people. Mm. Because they had been playing cards in the pew during a sermon. Oh, those oh, rats. Those poor people. And so they incurred God's wrath for playing mm. cards. Yeah. <laughs> Go fish this. <laughs> For real. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so that's where the first predominant sighting of this happened. And now, just just to clarify, okay. ball lightning is lightning just in the sh- a, like a spherical shape, right? Right. Okay. Now, the thing, there's there are things that make me think that this story is a little more fanciful than some of these other ones, because the explosion is so powerful. I'm not discounting it. I mean, but even a lightning strike wouldn't have really done that to a church. Right. It wouldn't have exploded it like yeah. this did. Yeah. But who knows? It's very possible that a giant ball of lightning, eight foot around, because most occurrences of the ball lightning are smaller than this. Uh. But this one, like, tore it up, and it has a, a lot of people that, a lot of witnesses, I guess, to the event. So... There's also, throughout history, a lot of events where these balls of lightning show up when sailors were sailing on their ships, and they would smash their masts, or they would even, there's even one story where there's all these people on a ship, and a a ball of lightning shows up, and it hits one of the people and kills them. Wow. And then another one, another guy tries to go and save that guy, and he gets hit too. He doesn't die, but he gets wounded. But then a third guy goes out to try to help them. He gets hit and he dies. Oh. So these these balls of lightning have a history of killing people out at sea. So do they just like sit there? Like I don't understand. No, they 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 float, but they're not fast moving. But they can they can move pretty fast. But pretty fast is yeah. Well, for for two other people to try and intervene, I mean. Two people couldn't possibly intervene with a lightning strike. It'd be yeah, too fast. Right, right. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, this thing, there, there's actual video of this thing that's been caught a couple of years ago mm. where it, uh, it it just floats across the sky. I mean, it's pr- at a pretty quick speed, but it's not blinding fast. Okay. Uh, and that was the first, and there's actually, it's on YouTube. You can actually go find it pretty easy, and it's, and it's legitimate, but it's, uh, it's the first video documentation of ball lightning. Okay. That anyone's seen earlier, you said that it showed up, and it just like made me think that it just popped and said, "Hey guys." Well, well, th- that's the thing is, ball lightning has a tendency to just show up. It just it just appears. It just like it doesn't even come from most most of the stories. It's not preceded by lightning. Okay. Now, it, it, now it, it does usually show up after after a thunderstorm or something like that, hmm. but it's not usually like a th- crack of thunder and then there it is. Okay. It just kind of seems to materialize. <sighs> yeah. Here's one of my favorite cases of ball lightning involving Jor. All right. I'm going to ask you all. Jorg Rickman. G E O R G. Not an E at the George. end. George. 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 All right. I think this was in France. Well, don't take my word on that. But okay. all right. So George Rickman was this guy back in 1753 who. Fancied himself a bit of a Benjamin Franklin-like character. Oh, so he had the kite and the key? Benjamin Franklin did the key one year earlier. Okay. 
So he's a so Benjamin the, Franklin fanboy. Yeah. So for, so Franklin's uh, everyone already knows about his big experiment. So Jorg has his own device. Well, he's at the this Academy of Science shindig, and he hears the faint call of thunder. So he quickly runs out of the academy uh, with his engraver. Now, when I read this story, I thought the engraver was a tool that Jorg was using. But now I've learned it's actually a person who professionally engraves. So he just like sits there, <laughs> he and like so he, so like, he just <laughs> grabbed another person. Yeah, he just grabbed. I think and I think it's someone that he he was very familiar with that his personal engraver, I guess. So him and his engraver, they run back to his house to go get his. Uh, it's not quite the kite. It's it's somewhere. And it's working, but it is a little different. But essentially, they go get his kite, and his engraver's there to, to engrave the special moment where <laughs> this Benjamin Franklin poser really gets to show what he's made of. So while the experiment was underway, ball lightning appears, and it travels down the string. Now, it's, it's moving pretty quick, and it strikes Rickman right in the forehead. Ouch. Well, he didn't feel pain because he immediately died. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's not so bad for him. Yeah, uh, but the ball apparently left like a huge red spot, like a dot. Not a dot because it's bigger than that. It's so like a baseball that hit him in the forehead. Right. And Is that what the engraver drew? <laughs> 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 well, <clears throat> unfortunately, the engraver Did probably he- didn't have a whole lot of time to draw because he was knocked unconscious. That was because the the force of this, I guess, explosion when it hit him in the head blew Rickman's shoes wide open, and all of his clothing was singed. Ooh. Yeah. Now, now he like his body really wasn't damaged that much, but you know, this explosion from the ball lightning was so powerful it cracked the, the door frame in the room. So you can see why the engraver got knocked unconscious. Mm-hmm. So I thought. This is a, I guess you could say an Easter egg for future episodes, maybe. But so British occultist Alistair Crowley, oh, has witnessed ball lightning. He called it globular electricity when he saw globular it. electricity. Yeah, so he saw it during a th- thunderstorm uh, in New Hampshire back in 1916. And so he's sitting in his cottage, and he just <laughs> he says he describes it like he was like very calm, and he's just sitting there, and this little he calls it this globe of electric fire about a foot in uh, circumference. It's stationary, and then it slowly inches its way toward him. And he looked at it, and he just saw it pop. And he felt like a very sharp sting in uh, his right hand, which was closest to the ball. But that was his encounter with it. And, and there's other encounters like it, too, where it's, it's not this big explosion that kills somebody. Right. It can be this tiny little ball that just floats around. There's even a <clears throat> a story back in 1961 or something like that where these passengers are flying in this plane and lightning strikes the front of the plane. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is maybe kind of going against what I was saying earlier, but this is a, an exception. But lightning strikes the front of the plane and ball lightning appears inside the cockpit. Or not inside the cockpit, inside uh, where, the pa- where the passenger's sitting. The economy section. Yeah, sure. So it appears in the economy section. <laughs> and it just kind of... The cabin. It, it floats, and then it disappears. It doesn't pop like some of these other ones did. Weird. I know. And then uh, 
There's even one story where actually that's it. Oh, that's- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, went ahead, I went ahead and got to my uh, plane story faster than I thought I did. So there's a couple explanations for ball lightning. Ball lightning, but not being the scientist that I am, I have a lot of problems with them because none of them that I can find successfully explain what a lot of the encounters say happen is the explosion or at least the pop. A lot of them have it fade away, which a lot of the stories do have. Like some of the stories even have the ball of lightning going through walls and coming out the other end. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, so you can see why a lot of people would even be believing that these are aliens, ghosts, or spaceships, like any types of things. Like So that video that was captured recently, I could see somebody easily thinking that that was a UFO. Because it's, it's way up there in the sky, and it's moving pretty quick, and it just kind of fades away. I need to look this video up. Yeah. Uh, wow. The behavior but is just all over the place. Maybe. Maybe what? It is an alien. Well, <laughs> it could be, because yeah. there's a lot of science and a lot of theories behind it. There's a couple of recent ones. Uh, the most successful one is a lot of people seem to be coming on to the idea that this is actually vaporized silicon from thunderstorms so it strikes the ground silicon evaporates and when it comes up into the air it can form these little glowing balls okay the problem is is as far as i could tell from what i was reading there's no explanation for the explosion okay so in a controlled environment they're able to make these glows but they can do it they can do it in a microwave they can do all kinds of things without silicon but no one seems to be able to explain it the way i would think they would be able to all right, so you could say that in like the lower atmosphere that silica is the reason that there is this vaporized glowing ball floating around. But that doesn't explain why it's appearing on planes. Yeah. And why yeah. it's appearing in other places where, you know, that silica is not evaporating up into the plane. Some people think that these are maybe even miniature black holes left over from the big blank. Big blank. Big blank. <laughs> big blank, blank, blank. <laughs> <laughs> from the <laughs> leftover from the Big Bang, mm. and or even maybe they were just visual hallucinations caused by seizures. I love how I that, that what not. I'm surprised nobody's brought up swamp gas or. Uh, I know, right? I mean, that, that's what the visual hallucinations makes yeah. me think. I'm like, it's just swamp gas. Yeah. It's a weather balloon. But I guess in this case, if the swamp gas is silica, then maybe it'll work. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh it really it's nothing more than hypothesis and like it's not there's theories but nothing's actually ever proven Hmm. where it comes from ball lightning ball lightning who would have thought something so dumb sounding could have been so interesting it's creepy because it could essentially just happen to us whenever yeah Hmm. keep your eyes to the sky it's mostly up in the up in the sky it's not usually on the ground but but when it is, it look out. Yeah. When it, yeah, when it, when it is, it. it destroys a church. That's right. Or kills sailors. Yeah. It does. It's oh, killed some sailors. I figured it out. Not a single. Oh. It's it's all in It's Britain and America. What do they have in right. common? None of them worship Raiden. That's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Heretics being punished. That's what it is. Well, James, you figured it out. You figured it out. Yeah, you should you should send it into a scientific journal. Yeah, maybe they'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, enough for me. What about 
What, you're next, right, Cece? I am next, Whoa. and I am talking about the Carrington event. Ooh. Do you – I mean, James, I know that you already know what this is, but Alex, have you ever heard of the Carrington event? No. The only reason I know anything about it is because I've seen you studying some – some stuff. Some solar things. Yeah, no, I heard it. I heard of it when I was in college in a telecommunications class because, as we'll go over pretty soon, it did some pretty serious damage to the telegraph operations back mm-hmm. in the 1800s. So um, let's jump into it, you guys. The Carrington event, it was an immensely strong geomagnetic storm caused by the sun. Oh, solar flares. Solar flares. Coronal mass ejection, technically. But the sun is just basically a giant ball of hot gas, much like my husband sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. But when a geomagnetic storm occurs, the sun basically hurls a ton of electrified gas and subatomic particles toward whatever is in the storm's path. So in the case of the Carrington event, it was Earth. And... I know you might think, okay, so the sun threw a little gas toward Earth. The sun is like forever away. It's on average 93 million miles away. But how bad could a little gas thrown from that far away be on Earth? Mm. Uh, Bad? (laughs) Very bad. (laughs) Very bad. So let me just uh, give the storm a little perspective. Um, I read on history.com that the storm that caused the Carrington event said to have had the energy of approximately 10 billion atomic bombs. Wow. Yeah, Ooh. wow. How are we still here? Because it happened so far away. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying when it hit us, it was that strong. Ah, no. No, level destruction, How are we not living in an, in an incredible post-apocalyptic? Yeah, I would say that if 10 billion <laughs> atomic bombs were dropped on Earth, that it wouldn't exist anymore. Yeah. Maybe you just drop them all in one spot. Well, <laughs> before we get further into the Carrington event, I do want to say that I'm not going to get too in-depth with what causes solar storms. It's very scientific and a little dense, and I'm not going to get too technical with it. But NASA has some really great information about solar storms and solar flares. You can find it online. And as I said a second ago, I got most of my research for this segment on the Carrington event on history.com. Okay. So, okay, so the Carrington event. It was a very chaotic time. Let's start at the very beginning, you guys. First, the big blang happened. <laughs> the big blang. <laughs> We're going to fast forward from the big blang to September 1st, 1859. Okay? So just have that date in your brain. All right. People were just, you know, minding their own business, rocking out to Brahms' first piano concerto, Ooh. celebrating the first airmail occurrence, which happened that very same year. Oh, it was yeah. delivered by hot air balloon. Oh, That's man. Cool. This is so steampunk. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> the recipient wasn't at home, and so they couldn't sign for the package. They had to put it back in the hot air balloon. It's a big hassle for everyone. Oh, man. Mm. How, how disappointing. I'm just kidding. All jokes aside, though, um, <laughs> British astronomer Richard Carrington was studying the sun. So he's just in his little observatory. He's drawing some sketches of sunspots, which are basically just enormous dark spots on the sun. Um, They're areas that are cooler than the rest of the sun in comparison, and they're caused by fluctuations in the sun's magnetic fields. 
Hmm. Yes. So Carrington's looking at these sunspots. He's just, you know, doodling in his book, like doodle-doodle-doo. When all of a sudden he sees uh, what he described as, quote, two patches of intensely bright and white light erupt from the sunspots. Hmm. It's not normal. And I, I read that at first he thought that maybe his gear had was misfunction was Malfunctioning. Malfunctioning. <laughs> <laughs> Misfunctioning. His gear was malfunctioning and he thought maybe some like actual sunlight was getting onto his where he was projecting the picture of the sun on the wall. Oh. And so he went and fiddled with it and he realized, no, this is this is like I don't know what this is. I'm witnessing something crazy. So he he saw the the giant solar flare that erupted from the sunspot. Um so wow. that was a solar flare. Yeah, that sent all it sent all the terrifying electrified gas toward Earth. Plasma. Wow. <laughs> I had lots of fun with that word this week. Plasma. Plasma. Okay. That's my Why favorite. Have so much fun? It's just. It's just a yeah. It is. One, it is a cool word. It's a cool to word. Say. And I don't get to say it very often, so unlike just the, let me have. This. Unlike the words moist and oh, stop spawn. it. No. <laughs> Anyways, back to Carrington. Okay, he had no idea what he was seeing, and the light that he saw in the sun vanished within a few minutes. He perhaps just carried on with his own life. He was like, well, that was weird, but I'm just going to continue drawing my sketches. Hmm. But hours later, the geomagnetic storm would slam into Earth, and everyone would go crazy. They all just started doing the purge? No, some people went crazy. Wow. So, so the storm the storm caused insane celestial light show in the sky. So Aurora is all over the place. Oh, that's oh. awesome. Yeah, Aurora's all over the place. So it was really, really pretty. People, people, they were everywhere, and people were like, you know, put woke people up in the middle of the night, and they thought it was daytime. So, I, like, I read stories of people waking up, putting on their boots, and going to work. They're, you know, working, and then they realize, oh, it's like three in the morning. Screw this, I'm going home. They go back to sleep. Oh man, can you imagine? Yeah, but people could read their newspapers because it was so bright outside, and birds started chirping like. The entire ecosystem was just like all out of whack because oh, man. poor birds. Because of these, they're not very smart <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> no, no, no I, I read a story of a man who actually killed like three birds because they woke him up. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. rude. And that man went on to become Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people were both in awe because people thought it was spectacular. A lot of them were terrified. Some of in some areas, the the sky was this blood red color. So people thought the world was ending. Right. People thought that the next town was on fire. If that happened people now, thought it was the end times. If that happened yeah. now, that's what people would think. People would lose their minds. Yeah. Well, when I worked at LA, this is just a sidebar. When I worked at a news station, we used to have people call in every morning and like give us, you know, news tips. And this one woman called in, she was bawling. I was just like, Are you okay, ma'am? Like, is there anything I can do to help you? And she was like, The world is ending. And I was like, what makes you think the world is ending? And this was around nine in the morning. So the sun was out. She goes, the sun is out, but the moon is out too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so she thought the world was ending because she could see the moon during the day, during the daytime. This which was the I, first time this woman had ever yeah. been awake after noon. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. But yeah, I told her, I was like, that's completely noon. normal. And she didn't believe me. So I had to forward her on to our weatherman. And he explained to her. but She clearly doesn't get up early right now. No, oh. apparently not. Goodness. Uh, yeah, but I found a really awesome collection of first-hand accounts of people who saw the Carrington event. And the, the paper's titled, Eyewitness Reports of the Great Auroral Storm of 1859. Written and compiled by James Lauer Green, Sten Audenwald, 
Scott Bordson and John Humble. Mm-hmm. So if you want to read more firsthand accounts, I'm just going to go over two here, but there's a lot of really cool ones on there. So, so this specific account was posted in Harper's Weekly shortly after the Carrington event, and it reads, quote, her agitated state necessitated that she be moved to the lunatic asylum. The conclusion drawn from this, and no doubt her utterances, implied that she had become deranged from viewing the Aurora Borealis a short time ago. She was convinced that all of this spectacular auroral activity meant that the world was soon to come to an end, end quote. Wow. So some people really, like, legit went crazy. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Can, can you imagine just seeing something so awesome and then being put in a loony bin because you can't handle it? Yeah. yeah. It, I I mean, I, I would have thought it was really cool. Yeah, but for the, t- yeah, for the time, it probably would have been pretty scary, especially considering the other effects that the Carrington event had. On top of people thinking that the world was ending – The geomagnetic storm also wreaked havoc on telegraph operations, as I mentioned earlier, which in turn led to some economical problems, but they're pretty, pretty small considering it was 1859. So when the Carrington event occurred, the electrical current from the storm was so strong that telegraph operators could use their wires without batteries. Oh. Yes. It was, it was that strong. Um, wow. yeah, <laughs> they, I read a report that they turned off their batteries for two full hours and they were still able to send communications. And some people said that it was better. They could send communications better than when they had batteries. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh. And the Aurora was providing enough power that in some cases people were physically getting hurt. Like it was sending some telegraph operators backward in their chairs Oh, it was shocking? Yeah, it was shocking or them. I guess, oh, no, shock. I almost said electrocuting. That means they're dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a, don't get me started on the difference between getting shocked and electrocuted. <laughs> they're very different things. <laughs> but yeah, people were flying back from their machines. Some uh, fires were being started because there was yeah. so much power. And a guy named Frederick Royce shared his story with the New York Times about how he got hurt when he was at work. So he said, quote, during the display, aka the war. I was calling Richmond and had one hand on the iron plate. Happening to lead toward the sounder, which is against the wall, my forehead grazed a ground wire which runs down the wall near the sounder. Immediately, I received a severe electric shock, which stunned me for an instant. An old man, who was sitting facing me and but a few feet away, said that he saw a spark of fire jump from my forehead to the sounder. End quote. Dang. Oof. Yeah. So it was a dangerous time to be a telegraph operator. That's not something I would have been thought was, I guess, possible. Yeah, it was. I mean, it makes sense, but wow. But in turn, because of these problems with the telegraph communications, um, there was a small hit to the economy, and it was probably bigger than we realized. But because these telegraph operators, for the most part, couldn't transmit their messages, they weren't bringing in money, and that probably affected some other things like stock stockbrokers who couldn't get their transactions made. Mm. News stations couldn't receive or send out news transmissions. So there were some some other other things that happened due to this. But in comparison to what would happen today if Ooh, this were to happen. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yes. Yeah. That's how I found out about it. Was was I know all these prepper type people who they're just like when the Carrington yeah, event is gonna be the Middle Ages two point for real, I like reading these articles online about what could happen is just like, oh, yeah, makes you nervous. It makes makes me want to start stocking up water and food. <laughs> yeah, keeping your Getting cell phone in a microwave. <laughs> I, I do want to say before I dive into what could happen today, before the Carrington event happened, there actually was another geomagnetic storm that hit Earth just a couple days prior. 
on August 28th. So when that one hit, it had some similar effects, but it wasn't quite as strong. So there were all the auroras. There were some some problems with the telegraph operations, but for the most part, it wasn't nearly as strong as the Carrington event. Hmm. So on to what would happen today. Okay, so if a storm as big as the Carrington event were to occur, we would at first see the beautiful auroras. Everyone would be in awe. They'd be taking pictures and posting them on Instagram. Hashtag Northern Lights. Turn your phone (laughs) off. Turn everything off. Yeah, well, then the power would start to fail. It would fry satellites. It would send shock waves through the electrical grids. The power outages could last for weeks, months, possibly a year. Ooh. Yeah. No. Yeah. I need my air conditioning. Yeah, meaning people would be without air conditioning, light, water, refrigerator, stove, their precious smartphones. This needs to be a movie. Like, the funniest scene, I can already picture it. It was a bunch of Instagram thoughts going out to take pictures of the auroras, and then their cell phones (laughs) melting their faces. (laughs) Let's write it, James. Yeah. We need to trademark that. Yeah. Yeah, People would be without some serious, some things that like, you know, Ooh. everybody needs. Like we we lost our air conditioning for like a week during the summer this past year and Alex about died. Oh, Can yeah. you imagine going for a year without yeah. air conditioning? Yeah, I'd be moving back north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'd be going real far north. Yeah, I'd rather shiver than sweat. Yes. Well, one thing that people are would also lose if this storm were to happen uh, would be credit cards and money. Like we all start back at zero. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and I, I read somewhere that estimates – there was a scientific organization who I read quoted that they said that – here, wait one second. I'm trying to collect my thoughts because I didn't write this down. Like the economic um, fallout from – Yes. Yeah. There would be massive economic fallout. This this one organization said that estimates for the first year, would it would cost up to – Two trillion dollars to fix. Wow. Well, the whole grid. And that's yeah. just the first year, and it would probably take at least a decade to fully recover. Yeah. Can you imagine going without your Facebook for a decade, James? Maybe, maybe Facebook be yeah, by a big city. A lot of other things, no. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. Man, this this yeah. makes fallout sound like more plausible. I mean, forget nuclear war. This 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 is what would cause people to be walking around in tunics with little leather pouches with their their coins in it and you know uh, <laughs> trade, trading you know swords for chicken eggs or whatnot uh no it's <laughs> it's scary to think about because yeah. everything everything that everyone knows now would Ooh. be completely wiped out because we rely on technology so much yeah what if i had to go outside yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, in in 1989, Canada got a taste of a solar storm. It was not nearly as big as the Carrington event, but it did hit Earth and temporarily knock out their power grid. People there were without power for nine hours, which doesn't seem like a long time, but it was in the middle of the wintertime. So it was freezing and it was not fun. And that was just in Canada. That was just one one place. And there are other solar storms have affected other areas around the globe occasionally like but it's never been like caring it's really neat to think of the sun as a dynamic object you know it has weather it's you know it's a giant nuclear reactor yeah and you know it's just easy to think of it as like this constant static thing but it's not it's just as dynamic as earth yep it it was very interesting getting to learn about the sun Hmm. so yeah the scariest part is that there's not really a great way to predict when a solar storm is going to occur. And I did read that scientists have found some 
some ways of kind of predicting it. And on average, when they do see it, we, we might have about 20 hours to plan if something were to happen. But oh man, for they, the most part. There's no way they would even tell people because they would just be yeah, no, 20 no. hours of people panicking. Just, ah! no, I mean, I'm sure this isn't something you know, but I guess if they knew that far ahead of time, would they be able to, if you shut down the grid, if you just shut down all the power grid, would you be able to, I Try guess, prevent it? the shockwave? I did read somewhere that that is a way that they think that they could possibly save. Because mm. the power grid's yeah. massive. Well, so. It's massive. Thing, I don't buy it. Like, if, if all those things without batteries were still running, I think it would still just obliterate the entire infrastructure of everything. I wonder. Yeah, it would be tough. And then all of the satellites would be fried. Mm. So like all of our GPSs, cell phones, all that stuff. Oh, like, man. Imagine all the a, I, I can't wait for them to launch those back up. Well, think about that, though. Imagine them all falling at once. There's so many of them. That would be oh, yeah. scary. Oh, man. I'd have to I'd have to do the cellar just for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Guys only... We have to have an invite to your cellar, yeah. James, if that were, yeah. were to ever occur. It's invite only. It's RSVP. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that that's the Carrington event, you guys. Wow. That's pretty cool. Neat. I didn't yeah. know anything about that. It's pretty nifty. Fascinating stuff. And James, I know that you're going to be talking about some strange precipitations. Yeah, yeah. It's all about rain. Well, rain and things that resemble rain. I got It's sort of like four mini topics. None of them I'm going to okay. cover like a lot of. They're just they're just too short to cover individually, so I'm lumping it all into one thing. And let's just start with the the simplest, even though this is what people think of when they think of weird rain, and that's animal rain, because there's been all sorts of instances of animal rain. Pliny the Elder, he, he wrote it down. He was like, fish and frogs are falling, and you know, in lots of places that's common. You you once in a blue moon you'll see fish rain. You'll see worm rain, frog rain. Ew. Yeah. And my favorite, spider rain. <laughs> no, oh, no. No. Well, here's the funny thing about all those is they, they're all pretty easy to explain. They're not, you know, curses or anything weird. Sometimes you get storms like water spouts and stuff. It sucks up animals and then they fall. And in the case of spider rain, that's the only one that's not really rain. Sometimes those baby spiders are just doing really well. There's a lot of them born at once and they all come down at once when they balloon. Kind of like the I remember. End of, uh, end of, I remember hearing about that in Australia. Yeah, a few years that's back. where it usually happens. Is every now and again oh, Brazil man. gets it, but Australia they they are always getting spider rain. Like spiders are just raining. Yeah, it's like oh my god, it was no, insane. thank you. It was yeah. So cool. I'm so glad I didn't live there. And uh, <laughs> just last year, it rained uh, octopus and and shellfish and starfish um, in uh, Qingdao in China. How excited would you be? Like you did not have to go fishing that exactly, day. right? And you know, I mean, I've seen I've seen starfish on skewers for sale over there. So yeah, it's got to be like jackpot. Um, <laughs> so generally speaking, animal rain, as as weird as it is, I mean, obviously that's something to write home about. It's not like occult or peculiar or you know anything that strange. It's usually just water spouts and other other natural weather phenomenons causing um, animals to get pulled into the atmosphere, you know, and it doesn't ever okay. rain anything massive. You know, if it was like moose rain, that's something that like, we need to start like writing a new Bible about and you know, <laughs> dealing with that. And the other kinds of rain that I'm going to cover are blood rain. Blood rain is interesting. And it's, it's 
creepy, obviously. And that's this is something that's even older than Animal Rain. Um, the Iliad mentions Blood Rain as like a uh, an omen of bad things. And you see that throughout history. People will do stuff, it'll rain blood, and then they, they get cold feet. Um, mm-hmm. Case in point, uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. It was a... Oh, that's right. It was uh, uh, Richard the Lionheart. He was... Uh, he was he uh, he had was building a new castle and it flipping blood rained on the new castle and he everybody in his court was like you cannot keep building this castle <laughs> and <laughs> right and he didn't care he he did not care he just kept going he according to him or at least according to someone who quoted him of course history back then is kind of wonky but. He said, even if an angel came down, he would he wouldn't have cared. Which that's I, bold, right? And I'm I'm inclined to think that was probably just historians who didn't like him saying that. It's like kind of after the fact. But yeah, Red Rain is super weird. That happened pretty recent too. Kerala, India, which that kind of ties into the animal one because I don't know what's going on in Kerala, India, but they had fish rain a few years back, and then a couple years later they had blood rain. <laughs> so, but what blood rain really is. Oh, actually, before I say that, let me say my favorite interpretation of Blood Rain. This is actually what got me interested in this topic (laughs) was when I was a kid, I heard stories about these little fairies or pixie type things. You know, there's a lot of weird like Scottish and Irish like folklore that bleeds into Kentucky folklore because that's where they came from. And when I was a little, I heard about these pixies who wore red caps with spikes on top and they would fight wars with each other in the sky. And they would bleed from the war, obviously, and it would create like red precipitation. And that scared the crap out of me as a kid. And turns out that's that's like Cornish folklore or something like that. But the real explanation is algae. There's there's all kinds of algae, and it it because it's such a small organism, it tends to evaporate easily, get pulled up into the atmosphere. And it usually does well. That's the thing. Most most living things, you get pulled up in the atmosphere, you freeze. Algae doesn't mind at all. So it just reproduces and spreads. And it just, you know, algae doesn't care whether it's in a river or in a cloud. They'll, they'll just be like, okay, let's let's make more algae. And then it rains red. Um, huh. Yeah. And that ties in with my second favorite of the algae, watermelon snow. Just because I love the name. That's really the only watermelon reason why. Snow. Yeah. It's just that a, makes me want a uh, uh, one of those little ice shavers. Yeah, things. exactly. Ooh, it makes me want a yeah. watermelon snow cone. It's so <laughs> good. good. <laughs> but all that is, and Aristotle even wrote about that. And mountain climbers, they'll, they'll be climbing a mountain and they'll find pink snow that looks kind of like shaved watermelon. Well, what it is, it's it's just another kind of flipping algae. Uh, it's a Chlamydomonas nivalis, and <laughs> that leads me to my third topic, which is ties into the second one, and that's star jelly. This is what I've been waiting yeah, for you to talk about, James. Yeah, star jelly. I flipping love star jelly. After meteor showers, people would sometimes find this gel in the grass or on trees, and they're like, it must be from the stars. Well, that's probably just hearsay, because it doesn't really... People see it all the time and it has nothing to do with that. It ties in with, it's like I was talking about with algae. Most people think that it's a slime mold. 
but it gets more complicated than that. There are some slime molds that cause star jelly. And what blows my mind is how many poems there are, especially like in the, during the, like the romanticism period. There's so many poems about star jelly that it's mind blowing. It's like, why? But, uh, <laughs> but it goes by a lot of names. My favorite, my absolute favorite. I've got two, but this is my favorite star slubber. <laughs> oh man. If I was like a space pirate, that's what I would call like normie people who aren't space pirates. They'd be like, Oh, he's a star slubber. Love star <laughs> and my other favorite, and this one is a slime mold. There's a slime mold called Interidium Lycoperdon, Lycoperdon, and they call it, I'm not kidding, it falls in Mexico. Well, it doesn't fall, it forms. They call it Caca de Luna. You guys know what that is. And it makes perfect sense because if you see it, it literally, it, it looks kind of, like if you saw it from a distance, you'd be like, what is that? That looks kind of like the moon. And then you get closer, like, kind of also looks like poop. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It's like a pale white circle that's gelatinous. Um, but slime mold is, is responsible for most star jelly, but not all. Like, this is where things get really weird. Sometimes people have tested star jelly and found that it's actually made out of flesh. No simpler way to like, what? Exactly, right? And people are like, what is going on? How is this happening? Well, they've, they've done some DNA tests, and they find out that usually it belongs to an amphibian, so that kind of makes sense. And they find trace amounts of DNA usually from a predatory bird. So the logic there is birds are uh. yeah, puking up frogs, and it's making star jelly. Oh, molds and, and bird puke. And that leads me to the last one. The last one, the the weirdest, and the one that we should all know, but n- none of us really know, I don't think, until now. And that is, <laughs> and that is the Kentucky Meat Shower. <laughs> I have right? heard of this. You've heard what? of this? I have heard of this. Wow, you've heard of this. Okay. Yes, but I can't wait for you to tell the story. Okay, well. In Bath County, in Kentucky, in 1876, people were just hanging out, as they will do, <laughs> and meat started falling from the sky. Yes. Okay? And this is a simple time when people, to my surprise, did not interpret this as anything divine, except for poor Mrs. Crouch. She was making soap, and she saw it, and it fell right next to her house, and she, of course, thought that it was the end of days or some sort of divine sign. So this is, this is the crazy thing though. Okay. So these people in this town, they see meat fall from the sky and two fellas, their immediate decision is, well, let's, let's see what kind of meat it is. And they ate it. They ate it. (laughs) And It gets even better. This is the most Kentucky story ever. One guy says, this tastes like lamb. And the other one was like, no, it tastes like deer. And then a hunter comes by and he ju- he doesn't even eat it. He says, you're both wrong. It's bear. This <laughs> 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 is crazy. So they decided to actually send it to a lab at some point. I don't know when, if it was like, you know, nearby or what. I, don't, I can't imagine there being a, a lab in 1876 near Bath County. 
but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they tested it and they found out that there was muscle tissue, cartilage, and lung tissue. So it was definitely flesh. This was not like just a fungus or something weird that uh, you know happened to look like meat. So that's insane. So did they? Uh, I read. I heard somewhere that they collected some of the samples and like kept them for years. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's still preserved samples right now. There's actually one at Transy. So. Oh, yeah. we need to go to Transy. Yeah. Next time we're in town. Go <laughs> look, at, look at the sample. We'll take a picture for the, we'll take a picture for the Twitter page. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> so there's one very reasonable theory. Um, and it really, it, it just, it, it makes sense and it kind of ties in with star jelly and it just, it loses all the romanticism of it, but it's still interesting to note. Uh, you know how, like, if you're around a person and you're not a psychopath and they yawn, you will also yawn? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, buzzards, who are capable of flying and eat rotting flesh, if one of them vomits, any other buzzard that sees this will also vomit. Really? Yes, and it's probably like a self-defense thing like if it's if it's gross enough to make a buzzard sick it's like you guys need to get rid of this now (laughs) um so the the, what people think happened is a whole bunch of buzzards were probably flying over something stressed them out whether it be air pressure or maybe one of them just wasn't feeling too great he pukes the others see it they puke and it just showers bath county with meat and some fellas ate it to see what it was yeah, see, that's what gets me when, when you say that it's like buzzard vomit. There were people who ate it. Yeah. Pretty and argued about whether it was crazy. lamb or bear, and it was buzzard vomit. Yeah. Messed up. Oh, but was it lamb or bear? <laughs> was it lamb or bear? It's probably a bunch of things. <laughs> that's it the probably thing. was, it was a bunch. Flipping buzzards. And interestingly, yeah, they were probably all right. <laughs> and, and interestingly enough, uh, the dude who figured this out, Turns out he figured it out that year. So what a clever fella for figuring it out that year. I was thinking it would be yeah, like, wow. you know, two centuries later that they would finally the right answer. Oh, man. Super messed yeah. up. But yeah. Right, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Right. Uh, you would think <laughs> you'd think there'd be like a statue or something, especially the two fellas who tasted it. They need a statue made in Bath County. Yeah, they didn't need a statue with yeah. like a buzzer flying over them just barfing <laughs> into the mouth. Yeah, why don't they have that in Bath County yet? Oh, we should propose that. Yeah. Or we should build one of our own out of meat. Oh, man. Yeah. A meat statue. <laughs> it's just crazy. But yeah, bottom line, it rains weird things. And most of the time, there's a very good explanation for it. Usually a boring and disgusting explanation for it. See, I wouldn't say that one was boring. I'd say it was disgusting. Yeah. But yeah. Very interesting. Very cool. Well, thank you, James. Thank you. Thank you for talking about precipitation. <laughs> that was really eye opening. <laughs> it makes us sound like you just talked about rain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was cool. Neat. The most disgusting rain. Yeah. Oh, man. That's such a cool story. And yeah. I, have, I have a question just back on the star jellies. Okay. I was watching some program. This was when I was really young, hmm. but it was like an unsolved mysteries type of show. Wow. And they talked about this gel kind of like, it, they said it was kind of like hail, but people touched it and then everybody got sick. Do people get sick from touching? Ah, interesting point. Uh, well, here's the thing about slime molds. They're never 
something you should want, you know, like slime molds yeah. are, are something that people literally call housing inspe- inspectors over. So absolutely. Like I can imagine a scenario where toxins produced by that organism are going to mess people up. Yeah. So if you ever see star jellies, do not touch them. Yeah. Listeners. Just scoop them in a jar to keep them. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just leave them where they are. Take a picture, post it on Instagram. So long as the power grid's still up. <laughs> and then let it be. Cool. Cool, guys. Yeah. This was a really fun episode. Great. I'm happy we talked about strange weather phenomenon. Awesome. Yeah. It was good. Um, I guess we need to figure out what we're going to be talking about next episode, yeah. which we're going to draw again. You have I've to put, consult the sorting hat or whatever. Yes. It's uh, the sorting shoe. We, I've, I put all the little pieces of paper in my daughter's shoe, and Aww. Alex is going to pick one up. So, <laughs> all right. What are we going to talk about next week, Alex? Oh, James, you'll be excited. Awesome. Vampires. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, join us because we're going to be talking about vampires. Oh, man. I just hope it doesn't get as dark as that uh, zombie episode. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I think we'll be okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Let's, and- let's limit the Elizabeth Bathory and Vlad Chapis talk. That's all we got to do. <laughs> so get excited, people. Vampires next week. Um, check us out, you guys, online. We've got the 13th Floor Podcast Twitter. We've got the 13th Floor Podcast um, Instagram. And if you have any strange stories, have you seen any strange phenomenon? Did you experience the power outage in... 1989 in Canada. We want to hear your stories. So email them to us at 13th floor podcast at gmail.com. And also, if you want to hear a specific, hear us talk about a specific topic, submit it to us because every day or every episode, we're going to be picking out of the sorting shoe and you're going to help us figure out what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. And we'll put your name on it so we know who made the suggestion. Yeah. Vampires was suggested to us by James York. Um, so our, our music is Signal by Grant Cook. You can find him on Amazon Music, iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, anywhere where you can find music. Yeah. So until next time, you guys. See you later, stars lover. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it straight. straight. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Keep it straight. Keep it strange. Plasma.